Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast, your go-to source for insights and strategies in the HVAC, plumbing, and roofing industries. I'm Corey Barrier, here to guide you through transformative approaches to business and mindset. Each episode will explore unique methods, focusing on identifying and addressing the core challenges in your field. Our goal is to equip you and your team with practical solutions that foster growth and success. So whether you're tuning in for the first time or you're a longtime listener, get ready to dive into a wealth of knowledge and expertise. Let's begin our journey to success together. This is the successful life. It's Corey Barrier. Yeah, come learn with me. Take you down the path of our journeys. This is the successful life. It's time to take what you learn. Apply it to your life. It's your turn. To live a successful life. You are tuning in to the Successful Life Podcast. Three, Successful Life Podcast is a space where you can hear stories from badass entrepreneurs and influencers that collectively have millions of listeners and followers. You get to hear their backstories and where they are currently. We discuss how precious your life is and crucial it is to live with a purpose and die knowing the person looking in the mirror today. This is the successful life. Corey Barrier, yeah, come learn with me. Take you down the path of our journeys. This is the successful life. It's time to take what you learn, apply it to your life. It's your time to live a successful life. You are tuning in to the Successful Life Podcast. Three, two, one, let's go. Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast. I am your host, Corey Barrier, and I am here with Scott Lumley. What's up, Scott? What's going on, my brothers? Good to see you, brother. So, Scott, I am freaking dying to get into some of these questions. And and I'm dying to get into the questions because I think it's going to help change some people's lives, if I'm being honest. Well, I, I hope I can do that for you. So let's do so, it. Yeah, absolutely, Scott. So can you just give us a little bit of a rundown as far as what you've done in business, just a brief overview. And then I really want to get into where your heart really is, which is human trafficking. Well, yeah, in business, you know, it started off, uh, really it started off when I was around 16 and a half, 17 years old, um, when I actually got free from the chains from the preacher. Um, You know, I just started a landscaping company and I was in high school. As a matter of fact, uh, there's a guy that's on Clubhouse that actually used to work for me. We were having some talking, telling some stories about, you know, where I would work all night long, laying sod uh, and then go to school the next day. I only had a year and a half of school, but um, schooling, but I'd go out at night and, and, you know, do landscaping. And that's where it all started. And I realized right then I've, I've actually never had a job. I've never had a job working for anybody. I'm 53 years old and I've never had a job. Uh, because I just, you know, I think coming from what I come from, uh, I didn't ever want to rely on anybody for anything again. So I, I had a, you know, a, a little bit of a chip on my shoulder and I just wanted to do it all myself. So it started off that way and, and it migrated into, you know, I first person to put hoagie huts, which are now, you know, for hoagie hut restaurants into uh, side Exxon stations. And it was just, that just happened as a, I'd never seen a subway at the time. That just happened to be something that was on the West coast, but not the East coast. And, or in central uh, United States. So I started doing that and I was like, wait, this, I'm pretty good at this business thing. And I just started doing a lot of startups, you know, and went into AAA rental and sales and uh, which we rented office furniture and stuff. And uh, we had about $7 million of office furniture in the twin towers when they got hit. So that was a little bit of a devastating blow to us and a lot of other people. Uh, and then, you know, just, just kept migrating and, you know, we, I started eating deep online and, and, uh, believe it or not, I was one of the few people, one of the probably one, two or three part people that Jeff Bezos team called and wanted us to migrate our electronics company over into Amazon back in, in my fact, there's articles about that. You can go re- look it up and read it. Uh, wanted us to migrate our electronics company over into his book platform. And at the time it just didn't make no sense at all, but boy, hindsight's 2020, isn't it? He, he's worth $200 billion and, and I filed bankruptcy two years later. So <laughs> whoops. well guess what dude we've always uh, i think all of us have had you know probably some big stops and starts i know for me hell i I mean i lost my hormone clinic i didn't lose it i was an asshole well that's funny i lost my hormones at 45 so it worked out (laughs) (laughs) that's right i should have called you then yeah i went from a stud to a gilded yeah that's perfect (laughs) Well, I thought that was going to be like the end all be all for me. But at the end of the day, you know, I partnered with the wrong dude 
And you, you, I'm sure, Scott, at some point in your life, you have partnered with the wrong dude. And shit just didn't go the way you thought it was going to go. You, you, know, I, you know, I've never had a partner. I, sorry. Okay. Um, <laughs> but I, except for an ex-wife. And, and yeah, <laughs> and I partnered with the wrong one. But she's, she's a wonderful woman. She gave me beautiful children. So I'm very proud of where I'm at with that. But, but yeah, it was a bad partnership. So I get bad partnerships. Uh, and, you know, some people are designed for partners and some people aren't. Um, I think a lot of times we force ourselves into partnerships because of skill sets. Um, yeah. You know, the other person's bringing something to the table at that moment in time that you think you need. Um, and uh, oftentimes once that has gone away, then the partnership goes away too. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I mean, it's kind of like a, you know, if you're, if you get in bed with somebody in business, it's kind of like a marriage, really. I mean, it, you got to be able to trust a person and you got to know that they're going to do the right thing by you. And that is not always the easiest thing to do. So, um, you know, it is what it is, but, uh, so Scott, what, can you get into why you are where you are? Um, physically where you are. Oh, physically. Yeah. Um, that's a whole different question. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so it all kind of started in 2008. Um, I had a company called electronic uh, depot and blue by you electronic depot was just smashing it. We were killing it. And, um, and of course, you know, at that particular time, there was no such thing as really e-commerce. Uh, it was just emerging. Um, we went through the 2000 uh, bubble and the, uh, the, the baby, what, what did we call that back in the day when the um, dot-coms? Dot, kind of, yeah, the dot-com you know, bubble, yeah. Yeah, so we had went through all that and, and nobody was very successful out of it. And then I, I decided to start selling uh, liquidation product. And so I was buying a bunch of liquidation product uh, from Circuit City and Best Buy and various different companies i mean 40 tractor trailers a day not one or two a lot and uh we started selling on ebay and we were one of the top sellers for years and um i i kind of lost my train of thought there what was the question again (laughs) yeah why why are you where you physically are Okay. Yeah, there we go. Quite so a story anyway, behind that. I'm yeah. So, sure. so it, yeah, that's, that's where we're going to that. Okay. So yeah, I try to forget that, but anyway, so thanks for reminding me. Appreciate that. <laughs> I mean, it's not like the FBI didn't remind me enough, but thank you. <laughs> so, fuck. <laughs> anyway, I mean, it's not like they didn't show up once a day saying hi, but yeah, we become good friends. I bought them a lot of lunches, but anyway, um, so, so yeah, 2008 went by, we got it. We finally ended up filing bankruptcy in 2010 on a very large company. Uh, we were in bankruptcy for seven years. Uh, did everything we were supposed to, according to the book, um, uh, in the bankruptcy in 2011 or so. Um, I'm sitting at my home. I'm just now starting to get back financially. You know, I've got a baby in the womb uh, in 2012. It was like right at the end of, just like January 2012, December 2011. And um, uh, I had a knock on the door by two FBI agents. And they walked in and they informed me that, um, that there was a transaction that happened inside our company for $172,000. And by the way, we did $250 million. But there, there was a transaction inside our company for $172,000 to the people who did not get their product. It was Red Bull, believe it or not. It was a liquidation load of Red Bull. So um, I didn't know what the hell they were talking about, to tell the truth. Uh, I, I just kind of sit there dumbfounded. And, and, and then they commenced to tell me, well, you know, they never got it. So I said, well, let's listen to our bankruptcy reports. And it was, listen on the bankruptcy reports. And um, they just started throwing the pressure on me. Um, real, t- you know, they were going to indict me. They were going to, you know, we'd stole the money. They were going to indict me. I'm like, <laughs> we didn't steal anything. We went bankrupt like everybody else in the world did in 2008 to 2010. I mean, listen, <laughs> in, 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 two, in 2000 and, uh, 2002 and three and four, or excuse me, 1998 to 2004, we were all partying in Las Vegas rich. In 2008 to 2010, we're all partying downtown at the bankruptcy courts. It was the same group of people. <laughs> it's like all my friends went to bankruptcy in 2008, 2010. <laughs> it's, it's like we shifted the party from Vegas straight to the courthouses. So anyway, uh, but it was, it was, that's what happened. And so anyway, they kept throwing pressure on me, kept throwing pressure on me. Finally, they come back with an offer and said, look, you know, if we, if you don't take this offer, we're going to indict. Uh, and they said, we're just going to put you on probation. I'm like, well, yeah, I've never been in trouble before. Never, I'm not going to be in trouble after. You know, it taught me a damn good lesson, you know. Uh-oh. It taught me a really good lesson. So I decided that I would take the probation. It was just the easy way out. I had a baby in the womb. Um, I had a 
thriving company. We were up to about $15 million in real estate, growing exponentially. I made a million dollars, over a million dollars a month for 72 straight months after that in my real estate uh, business with Resolve Suite and continued to grow exponentially. And I just, I didn't want to stop that momentum. So I went ahead and said, okay, cool. I, I, I'm going to go ahead. You know, I didn't like seeing a victim anyway. You know, I, I've always been that guy that I, didn't, I don't like seeing people lose. And, you know, I'd give you a shirt off my back if you needed a shirt. So these people, they were, they did lose $172,000. So I thought, I'll, I'll just pay them. And I'll just, I'll plead guilty to this and I'll take the punishment. And I'll just, uh, I'll be the man. And I'll step up and do this. Well, I didn't realize what being the man really would bring to me. And hindsight, I should have fought because I wasn't guilty of anything. I was guilty of, yes, we were guilty of not delivering. We were guilty of taking the money into our company, but we also went bankrupt. It's not like we set out to, to do a crime. Right. Just, you didn't maliciously not send no, them to shit. Take the no, money no. And go to yeah, exactly. It, yeah, there, there was never, there was, exactly. There was never any intent. And by the way, none of the money come to me. It was all in the company. Right. So um, uh, not a penny come to me. Uh, matter of fact, all the money went to, Pay creditors. So, so it was simply a situation where I thought I was doing the right thing by taking the deal. And I thought I was being a, a big man to do it. What I never dreamed of is what they would do after. Uh, I literally sat on probation for 20 something months with really cr- hardened criminals sitting in a room with me. Once a month, I'd have to go in and do the, the P test and all the stuff that you have to do through probation. And they audited my financials every month. I had to bring in my financials to every single transaction I did. And they literally started questioning every time I tried to make money. They started questioning it to the point that they started accusing me of crimes again. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, 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 no. Let me explain this to you. And I'd go break it down. And all this, you know, I know I did a real estate transaction here and, and here they paid me a hundred thousand dollar consulting fee to do, to do a development deal and carry it through codes and da, 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 da. And here's it all lined out for them. And they started questioning everything I was doing to the point that I had enough. And I went to my attorneys and said, look, these guys are targeting me. They're after me. They're trying to, they're, the probation officer had come to me for no reason whatsoever. He said, we're going to take you off of compliance probation and put you on full-blown probation. I'm like, well, what, what, what did I do wrong? Nothing. We can just do that. I'm like, well, wait a minute. I'm on compliance, which means I get to come in once a month and tell you my life story and give you all my stuff and then leave. Now you're going to take me off of compliance because why? You don't like me? I'm white? What, what's the deal? Right. Yeah, I mean, sorry. <laughs> I mean, I, what, what's going on here? I mean, because I'm successful, because I'm making money again, because I, I, I never stopped making money. So it was almost like they were like, dude, you're not supposed to make this kind of money. You're not supposed to be worth 40, 50 million dollars and be on probation. You know, and it's almost, you know, you're not. So, so next thing I know, the banks were calling my loans because I was convicted of a wire fraud charge because they wired the money to us. And that's considered wire fraud. By the way, it's one count of wire fraud, one count of money laundering. Money laundering, it means, by the way, this is good education for all y'all. Y'all money launder every single day. Don't even know you do it. If you pay bills out of money that, you, that, they, that, that was derived, that they feel that was fraudulent, that is money laundering. So if you bring money in and they say that that money was brought in fraudulently, which, you know, they, that's what they were saying, and then you pay bills out of it, that's money laundering. So that's Damn. the big money laundering scheme there, but oh, he's, he was money laundering. You know, we all think about it as like we've got these ARs and we're in the back of these 1945 cars and we're throwing money in the back and we're going to walk. No shit, ain't nothing like that. It's as, <laughs> it's as simple as you paid your electric, electric bill out of money that, you, that they, they deemed was brought to you illegally. So, so it was one of those situations where, <laughs> you know, I just never, I didn't know the impact. I didn't ever been, I've never been through anything like that before. So now all of a sudden they start accusing me of more stuff because they could. Right. Well, finally I get pissed off. So that's it. Fight them. So I filed a motion to court to be released from probation. And when they filed their motion to, to, to uh, argue my motion to be released, they fabricate all kinds of lies, but the judge caught it. She mm. said, and if you go to my website right now, people please crash my website. Cause it's a very important document on there from the FBI in the motion that says not only is this nothing like what you he was convicted of originally, this is a travesty and he should be released from probation because you're targeting him. Yeah. So so I was released from probation after 24 months. And 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 life went on. But unfortunately, here's what happened. I can't get a bank loan now. Right. Thank God. 
I can't get a bank loan now. Because when you can't get a bank loan, you get real creative on how to get loans. Okay. <laughs> right. That's the first thing. I, I cannot, there's certain business transactions I cannot do for illustration. You know, I was, before I was going in and buying, uh, buy, basically buying um, mortgages from banks. Can't do that no more. Um, so there's just all kinds of things that it creates. Checking accounts sometimes are problems for me. Some of the Damn. big banks, sometimes the big, the big banks will not do business with me because I have a wire fraud charge. They'll, they'll even put restrictions on my checking accounts that you can't wire money. <laughs> Wait a minute. I didn't never wire any money in the first damn place. I got money wired to me. Right. <laughs> so, so, you know, I, I, so it's just all these restrictions that start happening. And then all of a sudden, next thing I know, they're saying, oh, by the way, you, you owe $6 million in taxes. I'm like, okay, what? We'll sh- we'll sh- um, oh, by the way, we're going to freeze all your money until you pay it. So all this stuff just started happening to me after I got released from probation. And it was, and it was it become very obvious to me that there were some very big people that just didn't want me successful. What's and, like? and, and then, of course, with the sex trafficking things that we're working, the initiative we're working on, I think there's a lot of people that are very powerful that are involved. They're all wrapped up in this. And, and you know, I'm just one little guy over here just trying to get a nut. And they're over here just trying to squash it as much as they can. And they are powerful people in powerful positions. So I made the decision to, that the only way I was going to be able to take my friends and my family and myself was to, to take myself out of the equation, put myself in a spot that I cannot be touched. And I don't, I don't, I'm not saying I'm not bulletproof. I'm just simply saying that as far as the U.S. government is concerned, they can't do shit to me. Now, I paid my taxes. and I've done everything I'm supposed to do. And, I, and I'm doing things right. I don't do anything unethical or illegal. But if you truly don't want to fall out of the top of the tree and break every limb on the way down, I would highly suggest you put yourself in a position of protection. And what I mean by that is, is I, all my companies are offshore now. All my money's offshore now. Uh, I'm offshore now. Now I can come back and forth and do anything that y'all do there now. I do have USA checking accounts and I do transact business in USA. But when it comes to my bulk of money, it'll never be in USA again. And that's you know, really sad, right, Scott? Think about that shit. Just because you got one or two guys that fucked it up for you. Now, how much money, and I'm not asking what's in your bank account, but we're talking about millions and millions of dollars that now the U.S. government, does, they don't even have access to, meaning to tax or, or whatever. Well, here's the funny thing. Everybody looks at me like I'm an anomaly. I'm not. Believe me, I can give you a list of people that are just not on Clubhouse talking about it right now. Mm-hmm. You know, I, the difference between me and them is, is I have a different initiative. My initiative is to bring awareness to sex trafficking and to bring awareness to what I'm doing, what I'm doing. But I have to explain how I'm doing it and where I am and why I'm where I am in order to be able to get to that point. Uh, but there are many, many, many very successful people doing the exact same thing I'm doing. They just don't advertise it. Yeah. So... Let's, let's just dig in really quick to, you know, who's, you know, who's right under our nose. And I, I'm not necessarily, I would love for you to drop names, of course. I, think but I know it's not. And I, you know, I wouldn't ask you to do that. I was just saying I would want you to. But in, in the best way that you can describe, what kind of people are we talking about that may be the people that are right in front of our face? You know, how can we... How can we how can we look for this or how do we know? Look, I'm talking to you from, you know, I'm just an average dude, right? I, I just I'm just I, I know where to go look to find the things that fit my agenda. I also know where not to look because it doesn't fit my agenda. Now my agenda is not sex trafficking, but my agenda is to find out who the fuck is doing this. And I want to make sure that if I can prevent putting these people in office, if I can prevent doing business with these people, then that's what I'm going to do. And so that's kind of the premise of the question. Well, unfortunately, we can't predict. And that's the sad part. I didn't never predict that a preacher would take me to a barn in Oklahoma and tie me up in chains and beat right me for five years. Oh, time out. I, I, don't, I don't even know that story. Is that what you meant earlier with the preacher? I didn't even know that, Scott. So at, at 11 years, yeah, at 11 years old, um, I ran away from my mother was a, a prostitute. My dad was in prison and, and I ran away from Memphis, Tennessee, uh, from a very, 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 very abusive situation uh, where men were constantly trying to attack me and my brothers. I fought grown men at the age of eight, nine, 10, 11 years old, like literally fought grown men like I was grown, like a straight ass fight. And mm. to, to the point I couldn't take any more. Crawled on the luggage rack of Greyhound bus at 11 years old. 
ended up in Tulsa, Oklahoma, spent a couple of months as a runaway kid. Uh, I say this all the time, it's probably the happiest time of my life because I was finally free of all the crap for a few months. Unfortunately, I got introduced to a preacher. Uh, The preacher uh, uh, made a phone call back to Tennessee to my family. Uh, My mother literally heard it with my own ears, said, we don't want the little son bitch, keep him. And that gave him a license to to do what he did. He carried me to Centrahoma, Oklahoma. He tied me. uh, He took me out to a barn. He lured me there by telling me that there was a sick dog that we need to put down. Back in those days, that's that's how you did it. You know, you, you shot the dog, you put them down. That's what you did back in those days. Uh, that was before euthanization and all the other PETA stuff that we have now and, and, and the humane side of it as well. But, but trust me, the dog may be put down with sick. We walked me out there and he handed me a pistol and he said, shoot the dog. And uh, so I shot the dog. I should have shot him. Uh, that's what I should have done. I, I, I shot the wrong thing. Uh, but I was 11. I didn't know no better. And I'll never forget holding the gun and shaking in my hand and shooting the dog. I'll never forget. I'll never forget the sick feeling after that too, watching it fall. And then, and then I handed the gun to him. I turned around because I was sick to my stomach, and he hit me over the back of the head with a pistol and knocked me out and carried me to the barn and tied me in chains. I was there for 4.8 years being beaten and raped every day. Um, and I say every day, most every day. And uh, eventually, I, uh, um, I, it took me almost 500 days to literally spin the chain in my teeth till it finally tempered and broke. Now, you'll hear me often say one more minute, uh, and the reason why I say that all the time is because I never really could see a physical evidence that the chain was breaking. Uh, I could see that my teeth were grinding down to nothing, which is why I have pretty ones now. <laughs> but um, but um, I, I knew uh, I, just, I just kept doing it. I just kept in that same spot and it eventually broke. And when it broke, uh, being my damn luck, I get caught in anything I do. Hell, I, you know, I could take the Oreos that I wasn't supposed to eat that last night out of the cabinet. I get caught doing it. So it doesn't matter what the hell I do. I get caught at it. So, you know, I've never, don't worry, women, if you want to date me, I'm the perfect guy to date because I can't cheat. I get caught. So anyway, <laughs> so, so yeah, I, the, the movie, I need a movie to not catch me if you can. It's no, you caught me. Okay, I'm done. Anyway, uh, so um, he come walking in about the time I got free. And of course, I'm 185, 200 pound, been on chain for 4.8 years. I'm rabid as hell, mean as a snake ready to kill anything in front of me. He come in, he weighs 125 pounds soaking wet. I jumped him. I beat the living crap out of him. I thought there's no way a man could survive that. I left him in a pool of blood, thought he was dead, exactly what he deserved, which I had to kill him, but I didn't. Unfortunately, I didn't. Um, but I thought I had for 30 years. And for 30 years, I didn't talk about it. Because who's going to walk around saying, hey, I, I was beaten and raped for five years on a chain. And, uh, oh, by the way, um, I killed the guy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, not not necessarily a headline story that you want to, not that you want to tell anyway. No, 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 no. So, so I, I can't, yeah, I ended up on a ranch uh, there in Oklahoma, about 20 miles from where I was abducted. I spent a long time on that ranch, um, uh, learned how to read and write and riding horses and bulls and become a cowboy. I spent 20 years as a pro cowboy. And, uh, and that's what gave me my financial start because I'd win money on the weekends. I'd take that money and I'd study. I didn't drink. I didn't do drugs. I didn't do stupid crap. I studied. And, uh, and I started learning how to become successful in business because I didn't ever want to go back to any chains of any kind. The reason why I've never had a partner is because I just, you know, you know, when you get abducted from the people that you think are the, are there to save you, it really puts a whole different level of perspective on partnerships. Um, so I, I have, but I will say this, I, I think it's important people hear this. Uh, Tony, Tony Gonzalez has said this to me a thousand times, and I can't quote this because I'm too stupid, but I'm going to try. Um, he says, you know, you, you go, was it you go far with yourself, but you go further with many? Is that what he, how he says it? Something along those lines that y'all, y'all can figure that out. There's a cool quote that he says all the time, but you go farther with many. That's very true. Um, and I think it's been true to form for me too. You know, most of my companies that went to 10 figure companies, I couldn't get them past that because I just didn't have the skill sets or the people around me to do it. Sure. But I was damn good at getting them 10 figures. So that's where my, that's where I've laid in my vein is just getting them to that spot. Um, but c- what I could have done had I let go of some of my history and brought in people that were, that could have propelled me further I mean, I, could, I, I should be Jeff Bezos. It's the truth. I should be that guy. Um, I'm glad of who I am. I'm not upset where I am. I'm very proud to be sitting in Morocco right now and being in a situation where I'm under complete protection to make sure that I can wield a sword against these monsters that are doing this to our babies. 
which means a lot to me, more so than any amount of money I'll ever make. I mean, somebody asked me on the podcast earlier this morning, you know, how many people have we saved? I don't know. Not one, one, not enough. That was the answer I gave. The next one's what I'm worried about, not the ones behind us, you know, because there's thousands of babies being abducted. What you can do was your original question is be aware, pay attention to what's going on around you. We get so consumed and so stuck on ourselves that we don't even see the most obvious things happening right in front of us. You know, go look at, go look at all the last 10 years of the people that have literally been living in houses beside people and they've been kidnapped for 20 years and nobody's paying attention to it because they're just not looking for the signs. They're too consumed with their own damn lives. Well, what do we look for? Like, I, I don't know. Like, what well, you do know what? For? I, I think you actually do know. You just, you just ignore it a lot of times. A lot of times we just overlook the little things. I, I'm going to give you a perfect example. Sure. I, was at Atlanta, I was in Atlanta about five years ago, and I was at an event at a church. It was a, it was a business event, but it was at, held at a church. There's 5,000 people there. And after the event was over with, they took about 40 of us back to a room where we were going to sit and have dinner and have a little communion kind of thing. It was really a really cool thing. Well, I sit down on one side of the table. And a, a gentleman said, and I'm not obviously not calling no names, but a gentleman sat on the other side of the table and he had a, a, maybe an eight or nine year old daughter with him. And, and, and I'm sitting there and I went to eat my food and I looked up and I looked at that little girl. I immediately stood up, didn't get the food to my mouth. I literally stood up, walked to the back, got the preacher and said, call the police. He goes, what? I said, call the police right now. They got the police there. I walked up to the guy and said, um, I, I, I told the police what was going on. They, they went and got the guy, got the little girl. DHS got involved. Everybody got involved in this thing. A bunch of people got in. They interrogated the girl, interrogated the guy. He was molesting the little girl. Got him. All because I looked up and watched the way she was moving around this guy. I could tell something was, something was off. Something just wasn't right. Now, look, it could have been pretty embarrassing if I was wrong, right? Could have been. Very embarrassing. Possibly even defamation, lawsuits. Yeah, yeah. But... I wasn't wrong. Right. And I saved one more kid. This episode of the Successful Life Podcast is brought to you by House Call Pro. Whether you're looking to streamline your operations, reduce paperwork, or boost revenue, House Call Pro is your all-in-one business solution. Transform your business today with essential tools and support designed to drive efficiency and deliver exceptional customer service. To learn more, click the link in the show notes. Well, I'll tell you, because I heard, I've heard some of this story, not all of it, obviously, but I've heard some of it. We were walking through somewhere publicly the other day, and this kid was screaming in to the top of his lungs and the dad was trying to calm him down and he wasn't shaking him he wasn't he was just trying to get him quiet because we were in a very public place and and so it made and so I stopped and and I kind of held back my wife was like hey like you don't need to pay like don't pay attention like don't get don't don't pay attention to that or don't don't still like I was being nosy but I said hey I said here's the reason why I'm stopping because I'm not sure what's going on here. And if, and if I feel like something is going on, I at least like to know so I can figure out how to get it fixed or get it to stop. And so this kid was just bloody murder screaming and the dad didn't, couldn't calm the kid down. And, and that could be a parenting issue. It could be an issue that I don't know what it was, but I, I was, I, and so that could be a situation, right? That could have been, uh, you know, that could have been a sign. And at least now I'm aware to pay attention when I see shit like that. Because maybe before I talked to you or met you or have heard you, I would not have probably thought anything about it. Well, I mean, some, some you know, too, too often it's like, you know, an, an example, we're driving down the road and there's a guy laying on the side of the road, not on the road itself, but maybe off in the median of the grass or something. He's just laying on the side of the bank and he's laid down and, and you go past, he's just out there laying in the grass. Well, you look over at him, you go, you automatically go, oh, he's it's pretty it's sunny outside. He's probably out there laying there just enjoying the sun. But who knows? He could be laying there having a heart attack, but you didn't stop and ask. Mm. You know, you just drove right by. Or you stop and ask and he's just laying there enjoying the sun. But hey, look. Maybe he just needed a friend at the moment too. Yeah. 
So, so just the human interaction of paying attention to what other people are doing and what they're not doing, and that's what we should be doing anyway. You know, we've become too damn used to emails, fax machines, well, not fax machines so much anymore, emails <laughs> and chatbots and Facebook. And, you know, we've forgotten. Well, hell, when's the last time you reached out to somebody's hand? Hell, I ain't yeah. touched nobody's hand in a year. Well, yeah. you know, that's not necessarily the truth, but you know what I'm saying. I, I do. Uh, and people are so weird now because I, I, I have no problem reaching out and shaking anybody's hand in this world right now. But it's so weird, Scott, because when you go out to, you know, shake somebody's hand and they're like, it's like, what the hell's wrong with you? Well, I mean, with fist, I, listen, I'll be honest with you. I wish, when I say shaking hands, I, I wish everybody, I mean, I like the fist bumping anyway. I, you know, I've always been a fist bumper my entire life. I like the fist bump. I think it's better. But the point here is, is when, you know, people have just gotten to the point to where they just, the human interaction of people is going away. And on the, on the, on the general nice side, but it's getting more aggressive on the dark, nasty side. Yeah, that is for sure. So, so we have to be more aware of our children. Uh, and, and this is something else too. Yeah, do you, do you have children? I do. I have one okay. 11 year old daughter. Where is she? Next door. In, Next door in a room or a house or? Yeah, room. Okay. Um, yeah, she's does, right on the other side of this wall. Does she have a yard? Yeah. Does she play in it? Hell no. No, she don't outside. No, why would she do that? She's got a phone or an iPad, computer. Well, you know. Okay, well, we're not going. We're not going to get into parenting here. Okay, so I don't get <laughs> <not> touch you. <laughs> my, my, my point is, is you know, a lot of people we just we don't really know where our children are at all times. We just don't, and and it's. And I get it. We want our kids to have independence. I get all that. You know, I can remember a point in time where, you know, give, give me a big wheel, uh, a little big wheel riding around thing and let me go outside and call me. You had to scream to get me back in the house. Yeah. For dinner time. And nobody uh, being worried. Yeah. Nobody, nobody worried. But yeah. that, those days are gone. It's They're over. Gone. Yeah. And now you better know where your babies are and you better have them in your, eye, in your line of sight or they'll be gone forever. And yeah, even you, in your I, backyard. Even in yeah. the backyard, Even. especially especially in your backyard, right? You know, because you know people just automatically think, "Well, it's at the parks, it's in the public places." No, it's not. It's a family member that does it. Oh. You know, it's, it's it's somebody that's right next to you. You don't even realize what's happening. You know, and it, and it, you know, it's a mother who's been grown up in prostitution, and she takes her 16 or 14, 15, 12, well, 11, 12, 13 year old daughter and puts her in the same damn field she's in. So there's just all kinds of this stuff going on that people just they don't see and they don't pay attention to because they're consumed with their lives. And, and I get it because I was consumed with mine for 50 years of it. And, and then all of a sudden, this the, 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 the all the three letter words of the United States decided to make me the the ultimate sword to fight sex trafficking because they pushed me in a situation where I had no choice but to do what I'm doing now, which I'm so happy about because now I just don't, my give a shit is broke. Now my job is to make sure that these people that need my help get it. Did you get the girl out of jail in Colorado? I think it was Colorado. Louisiana. No, she's not out of jail. Well, she is out of jail. She's on bond. I didn't have anything to do with that. She's, she's on bond right now. I have nothing to do with that. We did, uh, I did ha get her attorney today and the attorney just sent me back a bunch of information today and they're actually putting her, her with another legal team. So it's a, it's a pretty big deal that they've charged her with. And, um, and it's a very sad situation. And it was completely, um, misconstrued it, it wasn't even it almost sounded like it wasn't shouldn't even be a charge well she, right? she was she was she was sex trafficked and she was she was a victim that was in the you know as i've understood this so far and i, I don't want to be quoted on this just yet because i'm still studying all the documents but she was in the back seat of a car um drugged out been you know abused molested raped possibly even abducted um and she got it. Two guys got out of the car, went and killed somebody, got back in the car. They got caught. She got charged with conspiracy, conspiracy and second and second degree murder, I think, or something along those lines. Um, but she was just a victim in the car. She spent three or four years in jail. She spent she spent three years in jail, had to make a two hundred fifty thousand dollar bond. She just recently got out. Uh, she goes back to court on the 24th of this month. And, uh, and there'll be a full blown trial. Uh, she does not have representation because nobody gives a shit about her. Uh, but us, 
And uh, so we have stepped in to get her a legal team that gives her a chance to have representations that could possibly free her. That's got to be uh, that's got to be quite rewarding, I imagine, just hearing the stories of the people that you have helped. And so, you know, Scott, you know, we we've even touched on this, I think, in one of the rooms. But you know, what is it doing to sex trafficking by the amount of um, uh, shadow ban? What is the word I'm looking for? Um, essentially blocking content from certain well, I, people. Well, well, I can guarantee you right now they're blocking my content. I'm sitting here looking right now. There's no way we have, what, 20 people in this room right now? There is absolutely no way that we're not being shadow banned because I'm sitting here looking at this going, what the crap? You know, I got 25 people listening to me. Now that's not, I go in these other rooms and have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people listening to me because I'm not talking about this type of subject. Right. Uh, so there's somebody out there listening. There's somebody doing something. And, 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 uh, you'd be surprised how powerful these people are. I mean, I'm telling you, brother, they got technology that will blow your mind. They are structured. They are organized. They are set up. This is a, the number one money-making business in the world. It's, it's, it's equivalent to drugs, possibly more. Which is sex trafficking. Sex trafficking. God. Now, let me ask you, what do you think is worth more? Uh, a, a seven-year-old, blonde-haired, blue-eyed little baby girl? Or, or five or a hundred kilos of cocaine. I can tell you what's worth more that little girl. Little girl. So, uh, cause she could be sold and resold and resold and resold. Yeah. Right. It, it's not a consum- it's, it's, it is a consumable product, but it's not a consumable product. It's a life. And right. you know what? It is sick and it's sad and it pisses me off. And, and I had to get to the point to where every, everybody had pissed me off so bad that I had to give up everything I had. I gave up the Lamborghinis, the Ferraris, the fancy houses. I, my house in Nashville would blow your mind. It would blow your mind. It, it echoed when you walked through. It's so beautiful. And I loved it. But I had to give it all up and leave. And I live in a 2,000-square-foot apartment. I mean, that's beautiful. And I got a resort. Yeah, I'm okay. I mean, it's not like I'm desolate here. I mean, come on, really. But, I'm, but I had to put myself in a position where I could wield this sword and, and, and be in control of my own desk. I had to write the narrative. I can't yeah. let nobody write my narrative no more. They've, they've tried to write my narrative for the last 52 years. It's not happening no more. If I only last another year or another 10 years or 100 years, I'm going to write my own damn narrative now. Yeah. I love that, Scott. Um, so, you know, what, so do you, do you go on missions? I mean, obviously we, you know, no, we, uh, no. Tim Ballard, we obviously know who Tim Ballard is. Well, I mean, Tim, Tim's the king. Of, I mean, he's the king. Listen, I am the I am the weakest link in sex trafficking. I say this every single time. the The soldiers, the strong, the guys that are out there kicking ass. Jason Cesare, I can't say his last name was crap. You know, Cami. Some of these people that come into my feeds and stuff. I don't know who's on here right now. Those uh, Michael uh, Matusi. I, I, I think that's how you say his name. These are the guys on the ground. They're actually getting the babies. It's, they're the heroes. All I do now is raise money to put in their pockets. I get no money from it, none. I even have contributed all the money from all my books. So somebody doesn't think that I'm trying to benefit from this. I don't want a penny. I want all the money to go directly to these guys who are on the ground, making sure that they get our babies back. That's so I'm the weakest link in the whole deal. My job is simply just to raise money and, and raise awareness and try to get the money in the people's hands that need it. So they can, so they can get out of these situations. Yeah, it's, I think it's interesting that, and, and I'll just, uh, you know, I know that, and I can't remember exactly what it is, but you'll know, uh, you know, when Joe Biden took office, he signed something that was related to children, right? Or the legalities of it or something. Can you? Can, can yeah, you- yeah, I, I, it, it's, it's something, it's got a funny name to it. It's like Thor or some crap, Thor Initiative or something like that. But basically, if I understand it correctly, it was sex offenders, anybody that was a, a foreigner that was in the United States that had committed a sexual crime, Trump was throwing them out. Right. Trump was sending their ass packing, which is exactly what should happen. Biden's come, Biden's come in there and said, nope, they can stay. So he's allowing sex offenders that have been convicted of sex crimes that are foreigners in our country to stay in our country. You know, I'm sorry. You know, I don't care if you're for Biden or against Biden or for Trump or against Trump. I don't give a shit either way. I could care less who you vote for. But because it isn't going to matter anyway, because they're going to do what they want to. And it's never going to be the right thing. Right. I think that's very apparent. 
Yeah, and, and I'm gonna say, see, I have a little different philosophy, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this right now. And this is probably gonna be the best thing y'all get out of this entire conversation. I was born in this world, given a, given a social security number, I did not ask for. Now, I, you know, I'm not trying to fly this patriot. I mean, this uh, amnesty flyer, what do they call it? I don't care about that. But I was given a social security card. I did not ask for. I was told I had to have that card in order to do anything inside this government system, including get a driver's license. This, by the way, is a privilege. A driver's license is a privilege. How in the hell is it a privilege for me to drive on the land that I freaking own? Right. That we own. How's that a privilege? Then I have to pay 20 to 70% of my income into a bunch of guys who are doing nothing but bad things with the money. They're not doing, okay, they build roads. Okay, sometimes they do, but I can't name the tires. I've tore up potholes. So, so it, you know, it comes down to, we don't even know where the money's going, but yet we talk about coaches are frauds, or we talk about, you know, this is a fraud, or that's a fraud. Scott Lum is a fraud because he got convicted of a crime. No, 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 you're living a fraud. You're being defrauded. You, you have to go to school for 12 years. That was nothing more than a babysitting program. That's so right. your mom and dad could go work. That's, that's all it. that is. You learned how to read, write, and get in trouble or stay out of trouble. That's all you learned. Then you go into college and hit the ultimate fraud. You get a license that says, hey, live the American dream. Oh, by the way, we're going to give you a, a certificate that says you can only make a certain amount of money per year. That's right. I'm going to become an accountant. I can only make $40 an hour for the rest of my life. Unless I go build a big practice. But, but, but as far as that license is concerned, you are limited. I want to be a nurse. Great. You're going to make $35, uh, $35 to $40 an hour for the rest of your life. Congratulations. I'm glad we need nurses and I'm proud of these people, but they're limited what you do through this system. And it's sad because you should, if a good, if a nurse is good at what she does, she can be, she should be paid as much as a doctor because nine percent of the time they're doing more of the work anyway. So, Ain't that the truth? so, so, so it comes down to, we've been taught this bullshit American dream and, and too many people are living it. They, uh, everybody, George Bush says, everybody deserves a house. No, you don't. Everybody don't deserve a house. Some people need an apartment. Some people need to live with mom and dad so they can build their net worth. You don't deserve a house. No, but what you think you do is because you went to college for four years and you met a real cute girl or a real cute guy. And you had, to, oh, by the way, we got to make love because that's important, right? And we end up with a little kid. Now, all of a sudden, we both, one of us have to quit our American, our American dream because have to stay home, take care of the kid. Or maybe we both try to live the American dream, but then we need two cars and two payments and a house. Before long, we've, we've lived our, we've had, maybe we get lucky and stay together forever, which by the way, doesn't happen 80% of the time. So, but we, maybe we get lucky and, and we live out this life and we go 40 years and we save a whole million bucks just in time to hit 65 years old and have to give it all back in medical bills. Congratulations, folks. You lived the damn American dream. It just don't even make sense, folks. It's just not logical. And so, you know, I thank God a lot of ways they pushed me out of this. You know, I, I feel like one of the lucky ones that I got pushed out of the system. Take my social security card, stick it up your tail. I, don't, I didn't ask for it in the first place. Yeah. Man. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And you're right. You, you really spelled it out exactly right. And it's interesting because, you know, Scott, if I hadn't have got caught with drugs in 2005, I'm a felon. I was convicted of drug trafficking, cocaine, which looks about as bad as what yours does if you look at it on paper. And you probably says, had and you probably had you probably had a quarter ounce of pot on you, right? Well, no, I had about four ounces of cocaine. So I, I was I was guilty. I, I was guilty, right? But I wasn't selling dope to small children, right? I was selling dope to the judges and the attorneys. That's what I was doing. But anyway, that's beside the point. I did the crime, whatever. Um, but guess what? That that caused me to be creative just like you said it caused me to say all right well i don't have a college education i did complete high school but i don't have a college education now i'm a convicted felon well what does that equal no damn job well that's great because i i was i, I was forced to start my own shit and and i'm and i'm glad that i was because guess what i called the shot i mean you know it's um I think entrepreneurship is, is a beautiful thing if you can get it right. And it ain't easy. But I tell you what, if there's somebody that's had, you know, that didn't complete college or has a felony or hell has even a misdemeanor for that matter, there's other options for you out there. There's other options for people that are 
that have made mistakes. I mean, it just, but you got to get creative and nobody's going to hand it to you. And, you know, maybe some folks, but I, but I haven't met too many people that will. So, um, well, Scott, this has been, you know, you shared a lot of information here. Where, where, you know, if people want to learn more about sex trafficking, where would you tell them to go? Go to scottlummy.club and get your email address in. I'm going to be starting starting to do more and more updates on it. Uh, we have, you know, this obviously the dot .club thing has just started a month or so ago. So we've been building building our uh, email list and building our information. But we're going to start sharing more and more and more information through that portal. Uh, just because it's, it's where everybody comes to put their stamp on who they are and it gives me a chance to reach back out to them. So we're going to, we're going to start uh, uh, having more information come flow back through that. And, and there's going to be business stuff in there too. You know, I, I, people need to understand that the reason why I, I lean so heavy into business is because businesses are what makes money for us to be able to fight these problems. It's simple. We, I can't fight sex trafficking on your donations. That won't work. You know, I think in the last four weeks, the people on this platform have donated a whole $350. Thank you all very much for that. But that literally won't buy the gas to get somebody out of the gutter. So we have, so what I've done is, is, you know, as my business acquisitions and companies, I'm pushing these companies that I'm buying. I just bought one last week and I make them give their profits to the charity. Please, please dive into that because I love this story. So, yeah, I bought a, I bought a company last week and uh, it was a, a very, very, very profitable company. I, I had a 27% profit margin, uh, had for the last four years straight, bought the company and uh, literally uh, closed on the transaction. And the next day I uh, sent them a letter and said that uh, 21% of all profits go to a specific charity. And it wasn't a request. You keep 7% of the profits, you use the 7% of the profits to keep the company uh, going in the right direction. We're not going to try to grow the company or expand the company. We're going to stay right where we're at. And uh, if we need to grow up, then I'll reconsider. But right now, 21% of the profits go to this charity, period. And why did you do that? I, I know. I had to. Uh, uh, it's not like they're going to, the board director thing will jump up and vote it in. So that's, yeah. so yeah, that's where I wanted you to go with it. And what, and what are these guys going to do? They'll, they'll spend it on the Lamborghini or this, whatever. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, they, they spend it on, uh, they spend it on their, their bonuses and their, you know, I said this the other day too, they spend it on their girlfriend and their wife and, and their cars and their fancy stuff. And they don't, and not everybody, I, not, I don't want to point it. Not everybody does that, but too many people do it. And it eats into the profits that could possibly be going to a cause that would better people's lives. So uh, in my situation, it's just the way I do it. It's the way I, you know, I have realized that asking don't work. I've asked till I'm blue in the face. So I don't ask no more. It's this way. I buy the companies. It's this way. Or get the hell out. You can quit. I guess you, I guess you probably don't tell them that going into it, or they probably wouldn't, potentially wouldn't well, tell I, you. I think, I think the word's getting out pretty quickly. Um, well, they know when I come to the room now who's there. Yeah. So and I think the word's getting out. But that's a good thing, too, because it gets rid of the people that you didn't want anyway. That's right. So I think it's kind of good to have that presence when you're walking in. They know you're coming. And when they know you're coming, they're probably going to head the other way, especially if they have some impropriety they're trying to hide because they know we're exposed. Listen, I'm going to step up and tell you anything you want to know about me. And sometimes it's just not good. And I wish it was, but I think lack of education coming up through, through, I'm trying to make excuses for myself right now, which really I have none, but I think a lack of education uh, was a real handicap. I mean, I'm not talking about a lack of formal education. I'm, I'm talking about just trying to do it all myself without leaning out to other people saying, hey, what, what did you do in this situation? I didn't have the resources that we have today. It wasn't the same thing as Google. Now you can Google anything you want to learn how to do, you can Google it. I don't care yeah. what it is. And, or, or, or Clubhouse where I can I talk to Corey and, and, and Callie up here and say, hey, what, what did y'all do in this situation? You, know, yeah. we, I, you didn't have that back then. So you just had to go through the failed mistakes and learn. Um, and I think it had I had somebody to lean on and ask those questions, a lot of these failures that were in my life probably would not have happened. Uh, and then leaning on the fact that if I would have been wise enough to uh, reach out to people for help uh, rather than just try to tote it all by myself, um, I think that would have probably made me a lot more successful. But right now, it doesn't really matter anymore how successful I am or am not. What matters to me is, is I get to say babies. That's right. And do you ever so, get to meet? Do you ever get to meet the children I, just out of curiosity? I, I do not. Um, again, I told you before. I, 
you know, once these kids are extracted and pulled out, and I, I, I say I do not, I, you know, I obviously met the girl that's in jail. I've videoed her a couple, two or three times and some other people like that. I do some video chats with them sometimes, but these young babies and stuff, you know, they're, they're these younger kids, they, they go into programs, they go into, you know, aftercare situations, they get put into homes um, that they're well cared for and they, they need to be extracted completely out of that life. They need no reminders of, they need to, to get their lives straight. So, Typically, no. But here's the thing. I don't need that gratitude. Um, I, I don't need that feeling. Um, I just need to know they're okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it goes to show, you know, really, Scott, kind of person that you are. Um, and the fact that you, you know, that you're, that you put so much time and energy towards this, it just is very impressive to me because most folks, they, they just don't give a shit enough to do it. And so, people like you are the people that we need because there's not enough of you. Well, you, you know, I, I thank you for saying that. Uh, I looked down, saw Miriam in the audience right here and she literally stood in front of me two hours ago and told me I look like shit. And, uh, <laughs> and I was like, she says, you know, you look terrible. You, you got to get away from the computer systems. You got to get out. You got to get the walking. Um, you, I get so, so passionate about this that I literally will go three, four, five, six days on just a few hours of sleep a night. And uh, because I'm just so engulfed into making sure that we're successful in our endeavors uh, from the business side and from the sex trafficking side, because they really do walk hand in hand for me. Um, but, you know, it's important that we take care of ourselves, too. So but that's, that's what she right. told me literally two hours, literally two hours ago. You look like shit. Well, guess what? We got to have somebody like that in our life. Yeah. Well, hey, you, I appreciate it. You know, yeah, I went, got, I, I went and got on my bicycle and went to riding. <laughs> Hell yeah. Good. That's excellent. Well, Scott, we're going to wrap up the podcast and we're going to go ahead and switch over to take some questions in the audience. So dude, uh, I can't thank you enough for this. I really appreciate this. I've been really looking forward to it and, uh, you're just a good man. And I appreciate that. Thank you, brother. My pleasure, dude. If you took anything away from this podcast, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, and go check out some other episodes on SuccessfulLifePodcast.com. This is the Successful Life. Thank you for tuning in to the Successful Life Podcast. We hope today's insights have ignited your passion and provided tools to shape your leadership journey. Remember, greatness is a journey not a destination. Continue your pursuit by exploring more resources and insights over at coreybarrier.com. Until next time, keep leading, keep learning, and keep striving for excellence. Stay inspired and see you on the next episode.